Tyler Reddick, a two-time winner on the road courses of the Cup Series last year. Finished top 10 in both Coda races. Pressure here, we're going to line. Three of his four wins come on the road course. Tyler Reddick, Masters Circuit of the Americas. That's my boy. That's my boy. Hey, that is a monster win, buddy. Thank you. That <laughs> Billy Scott, yeah, the nerves in him. What a what an experience! What a last twenty minutes that that man went through. Kyle Busch, one point four seconds back. Alex Bowman, two point three. Chastain and Byron, the top five, thirteen races. All right, guys, welcome back. Second straight week on the NASCAR podcast, and we start with the clip. We roll the clip. You know what that means, Chris? Cashing a ticket for back to back weeks. I'm not sure if. Uh, you've ever done that in NASCAR, um, to be honest with you, but I'll let you answer that in a second. But yeah, I just want to give obviously credit to Chris because for the last two weeks, you know, I've uh, been vocal on the podcast and on Twitter with uh, my frustrations in the golf market. But uh, Sunday night on the track has uh, has corrected to uh, pretty brutal beats on the links. So first, uh, yeah, I guess last week was uh, Logano. This week, our boy Reddick, a little bit of extra um I guess meaning to uh, to the two of us being that he is our boy, but yeah, Chris, uh, just talk us through those thoughts and talk us through, um, yeah, that forty five car that was an absolute rocket. Yeah, so um, I don't know about the two in a row. Let's look back at that. I was trying to look back at our outright tracker here, but we don't have dates on these things, so I don't know one hundred percent sure. We've, I know we've done like like back and like we've alternated. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, I know we had a stretch like last summer where we like I think we hit four in a row between the two of us. I'm not I'm just not sure if we strung together two in a yeah. row in our you might, you might be right. Just kind of looking at these from last year, they they don't seem like they're kind of adding up to where they might have been in a row. So yeah, you might be right, honestly. But I think, you um, were, I think you were like consistently hitting like you hit winners like at a consistent basis, whereas I would like I would like hit two in a row and then go like cold for like a month or two. And then um but, but it's yeah. different because yeah, our unit plays are different. So yeah. Um, but yeah, regardless, uh, yeah, we cashed we, for the second week in a row. Honestly, it's it's kind of funny how it played out too with the, the first two caches of this year are the two guys we made the most money on last year or two of the top three that we made the most money on last year, Logano and uh, Reddick. Uh, we actually made more money on. Cindric was actually number one last year. I think I told you that offline. I don't know who said that on the podcast, but yeah. Um, yeah, so two guys that we cashed a lot last year who we cashed a lot or cash this year, which, which feels good. Uh, I do need to give a lot of credit to Seth because uh, Seth was on here last week. We had him and him and Elliot on here last week. He was all over Reddick and like would not back down. He even had Chris Worm on his on the on the back road on last Thursday. Chris was trying to talk him off the ledge, and Seth stayed true to his ten to one, and he got the best price in the market. He was the only one who really planted his flag. Uh, yeah. We jumped in at six to one on Saturday night after practice um so you know still not a decent ticket yeah. especially to look at the odds this week um right. so but yeah uh reddick has has definitely proved the doubters wrong right i mean i think at this point it doesn't matter what car you put him in he is currently the road course king and i don't think chase elliott has a uh a reply until he can win himself because it's sure. been a while yeah. since we've seen chase win i mean don't get me wrong chase should have won the roval last year um so Perfectly legitimate caution. As a, as a Seabell fan, I was that caution. Was like, I was looking at that sign for like the like four laps. I was like, where are they going to actually throw the yellow? Um, 
fortunately, but, NASCAR buzzed down the tower and they're like, all right, let's get this right. Let's make this a legitimate race here. Yeah. So it will be fun to see when Chase is back. That'll be a fun one two yeah. battle there between those two. Um, but yeah, talk about this was not a stress free uh, bet. It should have been stress free. Um, yeah. because if we like, don't get the, the it should have been stress-free. Like well, even time before he, even yeah. before the overtimes, right? He he was, I don't know how much if you caught this or not, but he was on a completely different strategy, pitch strategy than everybody else. He put yep. an extra time and still caught everybody and passed them, had a two-second lead on Byron, and Byron still had to pit. I mean, Reddick was right. gonna have a like a 45-second lead at least. Um, right. and then we got that caution, which made him transform his strategy, and then we had three uh, green white checkers. To which Reddick held them off every single time. Well, the first one he didn't, but the next two he did, uh, which ended up being the two that mattered. Um, so, yeah, honestly, yeah, it was uh, not stress-free, but really fun to cash. Um, I think it's actually the first time, though, this year that I didn't hit a prop, which is a little disappointing. So even though we cashed the outright, uh, the props went over. So that kind of sucks. But, again, still plus 14 units on the weekend and, and plus 29 on the year now. So, you know, can't be too sad about that. I think that was a pretty common thread amongst a lot of gambling or NASCAR gambling Twitter was just the fact that people's prop cards, despite how good they may have looked with five laps to go, like everyone yeah. got kind of hosed with his final few cautions. I know Almendinger spun late. Cindric obviously had pit problems for us. Um, yep. I know a lot of people were on uh, Bell, I think, in a matchup. Like a lot of people had Bell exposure, and he, uh, I think, got spun out late and yep. kind of wrecked his chances. So there was just a lot of really – dumb shit that happens at the end of road courses when you get these green white checkers so maybe something to think about later on uh or in future iterations especially like a code in, in india i know last year uh was an absolute kind of a clusterfuck there at the end but um yeah actually, start- so that's, a, that's a good point to bring up right i was actually gonna so derek yoder friend of the pod uh he yeah. always kind of he's been he's been posting a uh like a thread on twitter after the races are over saying like hey what are your thoughts i'm going to talk about it on my betting preview show I almost tweeted at him, and if I didn't, I, I kind of wanted to, selfishly, I wanted to save it for our podcast to talk about, but um, yeah, it almost feels like the, these road courses that have this like weird turn one or last turn, right. like, so Indy, like you just called out, the Roval's turn one, yeah. uh, Coda's turn one, and then uh, I think that's pretty much it for the road courses, but it almost mm-hmm. feels like it almost feels super speedway-ish, right? So we're like, anything can happen. Like, because people are just yeah. barreling through with no care in the world. And I don't know if you listen to Danny Hamlin's podcast or not, but he actually called out some of these people, which is hilarious. Right. Um, of who who these people were that came barreling through. But yeah, it's like, it's like almost like how we, we feel like we have an edge of the road courses, but how can we trust it when shit like this happens? Like, it almost yeah. makes you really it's going to make us really feel better about betting the Glen and Sonoma and I guess technically the Chicago street course, because we shouldn't see any like stupidness. Like it should just run out. If this race ran out, like it should have, this could have been one of the best road course races of all time or maybe not of all time, but in recent memory. Yeah. Um, so I know that's a weird thought to think about, but like to your point, right. Our props and a lot of other people's props went to complete shit because that there's three green white checkers. Like how could you possibly cap that? Yeah, no, it's it's absolutely impossible. I mean, if you're if you're mired back and like 13th place restarting, and you you know there's like it goes five wide in the turn one, and guys are just like they can't literally do anything. They're just trapped, um, yeah. you know. And then it's one of those things where if like if you do 
if you just spin out on a road course, you're kind of fucked if no caution comes, right? Because like all yeah. of a sudden, like you lose 15 seconds behind the pack and you're not catching them unless like you're hoping for a yell at that point, at that point, right? So I feel like it's even more penal to like to involve yourself in an accident. And obviously there's stuff that, that can be avoided. So um, yeah, I mean, I, look, I, I think road courses are a lot more predictable in super speedways. And I'm not saying that you well, yeah. insinuated yeah. that, um, but yeah, maybe it does. Yeah. It does feel like, especially with like these like top 10 props and like trying to like scout the middle of the field. Like unless a guy like is able to just keep his car in front for like the majority of the race, like it feels like you're really playing with fire there. If you're like relying on a guy to, to like, you know, to hang in that like five to 15 range for most of the day, it, it feels like you're kind of, again, there's a lot of stuff that's just out of your, out of your control. I guess my, my, what the point I was trying to make by comparing super speedways was like limiting the prop market a little bit because right. It's almost, it's almost makes it more willing for you to spend more of your budget on the top of the board that of a guy, you know, is going to be in the mix than waste your time on these props. If it's just going to all go to shit. Yeah. You know, so that's kind of what I was hinting at there. Cause yeah. you know, we could have put down it. more on Reddick if, if we didn't play props, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and you, it's one race at the end of the day as well. So yeah, I know yeah. it's, it's the second time it's happened. Like, Indy, I know, was a pretty big bloodbath for a lot of people, even though, uh, you know, a favorite one. So maybe that is something to just think about is, you know, instead of, like you said, instead of honing as in as much on the prop market as we usually do, um, it does feel like, yeah, these favorites, especially with no stage breaks, these favorites, like, they have um, as about a, a big as big of an edge on like a road course when you have the fastest car, like it, it shows like it, yeah. it separates like the tiers very, very well. I feel like because there's extended green flag runs for, for the most part and guys are able to, um, unless they just pick the entirely wrong strategy and Reddick even overcame probably the objectively wrong strategy there for that green flag stretch. But um, if it's extended green flag runs, like these guys are able to, you know, basically there's only four or five guys in the field that can pick up and put down um, enough cars to get to the front consistently. So yeah. Um, yeah. So that's uh, that's obviously some road course strategy to save for the next time we're at a road course, which will I'll let you uh, I'll let you handle that. I don't know when the next road course will be. Should be Sonoma. I don't know when, but I think it's it's in recent. It's gonna be coming up soon. I think that sounds about right. Sounds Actually, right. hang on. I can well, tell you. Well, I don't remember because <laughs> I remember pretty vividly like Road America and the Indy Road Course and obviously the Roval. I don't remember Sonoma that well. So that Actually, we got we got a while. We got uh, it's it's nine races from now is Sonoma, but that's the next uh, road course. So, okay, so Chase should be back by then. We'll see. I don't know. Um, uh, it's close. But, yeah, but Larson's been quite good on at Sonoma, which, which I feel yeah. like he's not been as good at Coda. So maybe Larson can fill in for that uh, for that Hendrick Ringer uh, yeah. right next to Redick and Dinger and all that. So let's um let's not quite move on to to the week just yet because you know. We talked about us catching a ticket. We haven't really cut, talked about Reddick, what this means for him, just in the grand scheme of things. Because I talked to you actually, I think it was Saturday night, Sunday morning, whenever we kind of finalized, or you kind of finalized your card, and I was um, inquiring on who we had exposures to. And when I saw you went to Reddick at the top of the board, um, I was like, okay, if, if Chris believes like this could be a potentially dominating performance, like considering the performance we expected him to have on Sunday, plus the recent results he'd had at, you know, at Phoenix. Phoenix and Vegas. And Vegas at yeah. Right. Like yeah. the hype train is, 
is back, right? Like, even though it got off to the worst start possible, like, all of a sudden, like, I'm not going to say championship favorite, but certainly a contender at this point. Like, he's like he's proven in that 45 car that he's no less dangerous than he was in the eight car um, you know, when, when we were so high on him for most of last year. So just give kind of your thoughts on, like, where you think he stands in the pecking order now. Um, I know you, maybe you can talk about the, the Hendrick points penalties. I don't know if that's really going to play into, like, their playoff chances or anything like that, but uh, if that does factor in at all. And, yeah, just kind of I'll look up his championship odds at the moment. Um, but yeah, from like a from like a wholesale season perspective as a Reddick fan, uh, what does this do for his outlook going forward? It's it's definitely really good, right? Because that was one of my main concerns coming the season was like, oh shit, are we going to have six races now where Reddick's just a non-factor? Uh, right. You know, and how many times did I say, you know, we have to really see if it was car or driver, like or was it car? Or, yeah, car or driver, and clearly it was driver. Right. Um, so, yes, this is a lot for me. Um, I don't know if you found the odds yet, but I'd be curious to know, and I wish I would have jumped in beforehand, right? But <laughs> too late for it's that. 12. It's 12 to 1. So that's, I think that's probably stayed put then, because I feel he's like... Right, yeah, he's right next to Chastain, Bell, just right behind Blaney. He's in between Blaney and, like, Harvick and Truex, basically. Yeah, so... so yeah, that's about I'm going to make. I'm going to make the same point I made last year. Um Assuming I don't have the, I'm looking at last year's schedule. I should probably pull up this year's schedule. But if it, if it stays the same, the first round is always the biggest worry for Reddick. But if he gets past that first round, he's got tracks in his favor for every round after that. Yeah. Um, now I say that that the first round his, is his is the uh, least favorable for him. However, one of those three tracks is Kansas, where 2311 has dominated. So. Yeah, sure. We're looking at Darlington, Kansas, and Bristol for the first three. So let's just say Kansas. He does well, right? Enough to get through. Next three, we've got Texas, which he won at last year in the playoffs. Dega, probably not, but the Roval. Okay. Yeah, there's the spot. Then the next race, the next three, Las Vegas, Homestead. Homestead. Both yeah. two very good tracks for him. Martinsville, maybe not so much. And then we go to Phoenix. So, okay. oh, yeah, baby. I think yeah. if you're going to jump in on Reddick, you probably want to do it sooner than later. Yeah. Um, because I think he's going to be in contention at every, obviously, every road course. Um, yeah. And then, like you mentioned, the last three races, you know, even the inter- two intermediate tracks here, or I guess an intermediate and a short track, he was ninth and fifth in total speed. So uh, currently on the season, I have him I have him from the ranks that I'm getting from iFantasy Race for total speed rankings. He is second on the season so far, which is crazy because the first two weeks he was 19th and 16th. Right, we were writing his obituary after Sonoma, right? So <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's crazy how things change. And I think, and actually, to your Kansas point, not only does Trip twenty three eleven like dominate there historically, but he was in control there. Like he was dominant in Kansas, right? Didn't he have like problems because he he crashed out in the first round last year, right? And that Kansas race was a big uh, mark against him, but he was like leading that race or had one of the faster cars in the field before he had had issues, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, uh, I'm trying to find his stats from that race. Yeah. Um, Okay, just, that's a that's a good call by you. He was first in total speed at Kansas last year, so yeah, I remember that. I remember that because we, I had Reddick championship future, and uh, I thought, okay, if he gets through, like if he actually wins this race or comes like really close and accrues enough points, like we're like we're in business. And then he 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 was like leading in stage one, like he was like leading the race in stage one, and then crashed, didn't get any stage points. Obviously, finished like dead last, and yeah. then that was obviously the he had a lot of catch up race. Yeah, yeah. so. All right. Reddick 12 to 1 championship ticket. I think um 
like who is who is your championship favorite right now? I know we're only like five races, six races in the season, but like who, if you had to like just gun to your head, who's one of the ship this year? Like who's the best bet on the board? Er- er- I, mean, uh, I mean, yeah, Ergo surprised me. It's hard to bet against Byron and Larson right now. I feel like I mean, yeah, they've been kind of the two classes of the field when it comes to who's had the speed in and out every single week. Yeah. Um, so I, I actually did jump in on, on Larson already at seven to one. Um, yeah. only because I thought he was going to completely run away with, was that Fontana or Vegas? One of those Phoenix. two. It was Phoenix because. Oh yeah, he, you're right. Well, no, the, yeah. That was the race. Like he qualified and practiced. It was like, like, practiced it was like first in every metric basically. Yeah. I thought yeah, he was yeah. going to completely demolish the field. So I went ahead and I was like, I'm just going to go ahead in this now before it gets slashed. Right. Um, so I'm in on Larson. However, I, Looking back, I kind of wish I would have gotten on Byron instead because I probably could have gotten a better price. Uh, yeah, well, the same price now. So we have a collection yeah. of. I know we've turned this into like a championship futures debate in fucking <laughs> uh, April or not even April yet. But, uh, but yeah, we have five guys at eight to one, and then a collection of like six guys from ten to like fourteen. So um, it's clear books don't have a favorite yet either. But yeah, I would agree yeah. with that. I think the two hundred guys have, have clearly kind of. Um, have proven them, but I think after the five and the twenty-four, like it's kind of open season. I know Logano is super dangerous. You know, like we always love Blaney, Kyle Busch, the JGR guys, but Reddick is Reddick is in that second tier for me um, with what he's yeah. done. Over the last, if he can sustain the performances he's had on the intermediates over the last two starts, like he's as dangerous as anybody outside of those two Hendricks. So, yeah, I would feel uh, a lot. Too, I mean, just just to close this out, I'd feel a lot safer paying the twelve to one on him yeah. than paying up for an eight to one for any of those guys that kind of like are equal right now. So yeah. Okay. I will probably Thanks. be clicking that shortly. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's our way of saying <laughs> we, have, uh, we have five units on Tyler Reddick to win a championship. <laughs> um, but all right. Well, that's uh, that's probably enough discussion about our win at the, uh, at the road course. Um, and we move on trying to get three in a row, which uh, n- I know I have not done in the golf, uh, in the golf world. Uh, we've come quite close. Um, but yeah, three in a row would be obviously really fucking special. We have a place in Richmond that we came quite close at in both iterations last year. Uh, so I'm going to let Chris go through his track overview, what he's looking for as far as key stats, and then we'll get through the betting board and see if we can find some value, um, here on a Thursday night for Richmond Raceway. Yeah. So we are here for the Toyota owners 400, uh, in Richmond, Virginia, at Richmond Raceway. Uh, Richmond Raceway is a three-quarter mile D-shaped asphalt track. Uh, it is a high tire wear track. So whenever whenever it comes a caution or time to pit, you're going to see four tires. You're not going to see two tire strategies. They will get sucked up and blown away. Um, both iterations of this race last year, we saw the four tires prevail and um the fall off whoever could control the fall off the best was the guy who won the worst so harvick in the fall hamlin in the spring uh both guys that are pros at conserving their tires harvick being i would say probably the better of those two um we saw that what two weeks ago at phoenix where harvick had the better strategy had the better uh you know, was able to conserve his tires a lot better and probably should have ran away with that race um he basically did the same thing in the fall last year um so yeah again this is a for any of this any of the tracks that you see as high tire wear you're gonna try to look for your like true like racers the guys that can the guys that can really make the most of what they have underneath their car so um like you're thinking harvick you're thinking hamlin you're thinking christopher bell 
uh, Kyle Busch. I mean, this is a racer's track, right? So we, I don't know how many times we've said that this year. We'll probably say it a, a bunch, but this is just one of those tracks where it's you're not going to see a long shot win. It's just not going to happen. Uh, it's it's you might see you might see some guys run well. Like there's are some trends for guys that are lower down the board that should run well, but I don't know that we'll actually see a winner. Now, with that being said, I do have a bet of a long shot just because we have to have at least one. But um, I, I would feel very confident saying that the guys that are top, atop of my model are probably going to be the guys that are going to see a top, the top five. I just don't see a lot of variation in this race. And we didn't really see a lot of variation last year either. Um, so um, as far as comp tracks, being that this is a short, flat track, it's not – I know Derek's brought this up on his show because he went to this track or this race last year. Even though it's not really a flat track, it's got 14-degree banking on the turns. Um, statistically, it does correlate to the other short, flat tracks. Um, so we're still going to use those tracks in comparison. So we're going to look at Loudoun or New Hampshire. Um, we're going to look at Phoenix. We're going to look at Gateway. And we're going to look at the two races from Richmond last year. So we've got seven next-gen races to compare to because um, we have the two Phoenix from last year and the one from this year, along with one Loudoun last year, one Gateway last year, and two Richmond last year. Um, so then the model itself, we're looking at, uh, Richmond the last three years, which ends up being the last five races. We're looking at drive rate and average finish. We're looking at the average finish for Richmond, um, in their careers for active drivers. We're looking at the, um, Richmond 2023 stats. I kind of separate those out into their own columns here as part of the model. So I've got average finish drive rate and average qualifying for Richmond last year. Uh, we got similar, uh, similar track total speed at these seven tracks that I just mentioned. So we're looking at the total speed metric from Ryan at iFancy Race. Uh, we're looking at total speed in 2023, which is more of kind of like a momentum thing. Who's been fast this year? Who's kind of fast leading in? Um, that kind of brings in a little more current data. And then we're going to look at the short flats, average finish and average qualifying. The, seven, the same seven races from last year and then the one this year. So it's a total of, I think, nine or 10 metrics there. I'm kind of throwing in, dumping in here. Um, and the top 10 is as follows. We've got number one, Denny Hamlin. Number two, Kevin Harvick. Surprise, surprise. The two winners from last year. Number three, Martin Truex. Number four, Christopher Bell. Number five, William Byron. Number six, Kyle Busch. Number seven, Joey Logano. Number eight, Ryan Blaney. Number nine, Kyle Larson. Number 10 is technically Chase Elliott, but we're going to cross him off, and I'm going to put in Ross Chastain as the number 10 guy here. Um, so... Yeah, uh, from a schedule standpoint, we're looking at practice on Saturday morning at 10 a.m., qualifying at 10.50, and then the race is Sunday at 3.30. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all I've got. Um, we're going to start start running through the odds board here. It's probably going to be pretty quick discussions because it just kind of is what it is this week. I think this is another – we're going to place a few wagers here early in the week, but I've only I currently I've only got uh, about five units invested. But that includes some poll bets. Um, so – or is this going to be a wait and see, wait for practice, kind of see who's good, and we're going to spend up to kind of get who we think is going to be, you know, actually competing come Sunday. So, Ian, I'll throw yep. it to you for the odds board. Yeah. So before we get into the odds board, I do have a couple just questions for Chris, just going over his personal process and what he feels like is important this week. So, obviously, you've mentioned a couple of times that long run speed is, is super important. You've mentioned Hamlin, Harvick, Truex, Bell, guys that have notoriously fared well when it comes to extended green flag runs. Is that something that you look for in terms of Saturday? Like, do you is is this a week where you weigh 20, 30 life averages more so than a regular week? Or is this just like a inherent knowledge you have of like obviously like guys that are well known for being on the long run? Do you really care if they put down maybe some slower practice times on Saturday over 20, 30 laps? Um, 
or is is your process or is your opinions are your opinions going to be changed if a guy um, that's maybe non traditionally a guy that you wouldn't necessarily think about over the long run if he shows that long run speed on Saturday? Do you take that into account for your Sunday card? The short answer to your question is long run speed matters a lot. Like so, the the twenty. I don't even know if we'll get really any more than that. We probably won't get 30. Well, maybe it's a short track. So, the, yeah, your 20, 25, 30 lap averages are going to be really important this week. Also, yeah. because Richmond, we don't really see a lot of cautions at Richmond. Richmond is a race that typically runs green yeah. for most of the time. So the short run speed doesn't really matter. Like, as long as we don't get a caution really, really late and, yeah. for, and, and bring up some bullshit, I don't think the short speed is really going to be that much of a um, – a determinant. So the long run speed is very important. So I'm looking at the guys. I can already tell you who it's going to be. Like it's going to be JGR. JGR, like they know how to maximize their long run speed. And they always have. And it seems like even in the next gen era, they've been able to maximize their long run speed. So um, I think that's the main thing I'll be looking for on Saturday is like who's kind of able to separate themselves among the the three, I guess, four JGR guys. I don't really know that I'm going to yeah. be considering Ty Gibbs, but um yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be it's going to be the JGR guys. It's going to be Kevin Harvick. Those are the guys that are always good at long run speed. Now, if, yeah. if Penske shows what they did at the end of last year, you know, then it's a whole different discussion because right now I am favoring JGR. Um, I mean, it's the Toyota owners 500. Let's, I mean, come on um, or 400. But uh, yeah, I think I'm favoring Ford or yeah, sorry. I'm favoring Toyota. I'm looking at Kevin Harvick and I'm interested to see what Logano and Blaney do in practice. But um, yeah. We, yeah, we haven't seen Lagano that Lagano and Blaney didn't show anything at Phoenix this year, so yeah, fair enough. Yeah, so this is a, like on Saturday, right? Because I, I have seen kind of through the grapevine that there might be rain in the forecast on Saturday. Um, yeah, it's a good point. That might, yes. that might play a little bit, that might you know throw a little bit of a wrench into our, into our typical plans. But assuming full practice and qualifying, you're going to be looking a lot more at the long run speed than you would be like a qualifying split. like this is a track where a guy qualifies 14th, but has good long run speed. You're actually more interested in the guy that, you know, is going to be tapering off as the race goes along. Yes. Because uh, I'm going to steal a quote from uh, Phil Tank Fool's podcast. Uh, I thought it was really, really awesome that he brought this up on his pod last year's winners. So Denny Hamlin and Kevin Harvick, they both started in a 13th qualifying spot last year. So lucky number 13 um, from last year. So it's kind of interesting to be curious to see who starts 13th this year. I think he mentioned the same thing. He was like, I might put a little sprinkle on whoever's 13th just cause. Um, right. But uh, yeah. So like, honestly, that's, this is a race where a guy from outside the top 10 can win because again, the long yeah. run speed is very important. So. Yeah. And um, that's, that's exactly what we want as handicappers because I think that's when you have extended green flag runs like that really separates these guys, just like on a road course. It's, I mean, they're very different yeah. tracks, but you know, when you get those extended green flag runs for, 100 200 plus miles all of a sudden um you know it's it's hard to miss the best cars in the field so yeah. all right that being said like chris said not too many surprises in his model they're all kind of here uh, on the opening page of the odds board so let's go ahead and dive into the favorites here starting at six to one uh kevin harvick is the consensus favorite i don't think he's been the consensus favorite anywhere really since like 2020 so yeah. cool to see cool to see the four car uh, up there despite uh, obviously not winning at Phoenix. Books obviously, books obviously took note, uh, and they're not going to give us a surprise on another corollary track here at Richmond. So Harvick is the consensus favorite at six to one here. From what I'm looking at, next to him, uh, just fifty cents more are the two Hendrick Chevrolets we we mentioned earlier, the five and the twenty-four. Larson and Byron both six and a half to one. Move on to Christopher Bell, uh, seven and a half to one, and then Martin Truex and Denny Hamlin, the two JGR 
uh, teammates or veterans, I should say, because Bell is also a JGR guy, but eight and a half and nine to one for the 19 and the 11. So Harvick, Larson, Byron, Bell, Truex, Hamlin, from what I've heard from you so far, Chris, I do feel like we're going to have at least one bet in this range by the time Sunday kicks around. Yes, we do have a bet in this range. Um, so I guess let me go kind of like bottom to top here. So I think I'm not fading by any means. Like don't hear this as a fade, but like if, if those five guys, I think it was five guys right off or six were to finish, if they were to finish top six, like that wouldn't be a surprise, but the two that have the um, like the worst quote unquote history at Richmond are the two Hendrick guys actually. Um, yeah. So what William Byron, he's got a driver rating of 12th at Richmond um, in his, over the last five races there. Uh, Larson's is 10th. Uh, then far as far as average finish goes, average finish gets a little better. So he's, oh, no, I'm sorry. I was looking at the wrong line. 15th for Byron is for average finish and uh, 11th for Larson. So when you're looking at driver rating and average finish, there's not a lot really speaking to me there. Um, now, Larson did, he does qualify really, really well at these tracks. So that's something to kind of keep note of. That's probably a lot to do with the short run speed, right? Um, and then for my similar track total speeds, we're looking at all those kind of similar tracks. They were third and fifth last year in, in total speed. So, you yeah. know, again, I think that's a lot to do with that short run speed that Chevy has shown, especially this year too. Um, yeah. So I would yeah, not be surprised if either of them came out and ran well, but uh, they're not they're not high on in the model for me and they're not high enough for me to bet them over any of those other guys that you mentioned. Right. Especially, uh, like you said, with what we're rating this week, it's just not, it doesn't feel like a hedger track in that sense where, like if there's a late restart, like you don't want these guys anywhere near the top like five because they right. have the obviously the early run speed to to make up positions in a hurry. But yeah, we've seen. I mean, hell, we saw it in like two weeks ago in Phoenix or three weeks ago in Phoenix, right? Like Larson and Byron were the two dominant cars on Saturday. They come out, you know, they lead their fair share of laps, but when the uh, at the business end of that race, it was SHR um, and JGR that were kind yeah. of, you know, that were making them move towards the front there. So um, yeah, despite I think maybe they might be. I don't know. Overvalued is a strong word, but if we're I think they're, at, they're accurately priced based on how they perform this year, basically. Right, right. But it, it's just hard to imagine like them being better, like them unloading better than they did at Phoenix, right? And then yeah. like, like they didn't. They were second best, like even second, third, fourth best. Even though Byron ended up winning that race, but um, but yeah, yeah, that yeah. that was that would have that would be a surprise to me if they're able to again at a traditionally like heavy green flag race, if they're able to outrun Harvick Bell, some of the guys that we're talking about in a second. So, all right. So apparently out, I think we're both out on the, uh, the outrights there at six and a half to one for the five and 24. Yep. Any thoughts on Harvick at six, or is that just a bridge too far here at the very, very top? Yeah, no, absolutely not. Like I will never bet Harvick at six to one again, qualifying, right? It always comes down to qualifying. And, and that's the, like, I have a conditional format on my, on my model here on my, on the spreadsheet where like it highlights the fields when they're top 10 and there's only one blip on Harvick's line and it's qualifying. Like that's the only right. blip in his line is his average qualifying at these short flats, short flats last year was 13th. Um, yeah. Now he was a little better at, at Richmond itself. He, he had an average qualifying of ninth. Um, but again, like, yeah, if, if it, let's just say he qualifies ninth, he's not going to be six to one. It's not, he's going to drop to nine, 10 to one at least. So yeah. if, if we, I'm not saying we're not going to go in on Harvick because if he does drop that 9, 10, 11, 12 to 1, damn, we're going to be in for sure, like without a doubt. Uh, this is almost exactly what we did at Phoenix, right? right. Um, 
so Harvick not at six to one, but is second in the model. So like very much a look. All right, so we're back from the void. I'm sorry about that, guys. Uh, obvious cut in the action here. But uh, last I heard of Chris before my Florida Wi-Fi on the island here just completely um, disintegrated. But we've dispelled all the Kevin Harvick stuff. Uh, obviously, Chris has says Chris has said, and I agree with it that you know we're six to one is probably the ceiling price we're going to get on Kevin unless he has like an all-time qualifying and practice run. Um, but we're comfortable, obviously, passing on the six to one pre-race. The Lars, uh, the Hendrick guys, six and a half to one. Uh, Larson and Byron just not quite there in terms of long run speed. They, they've consistently shown, so we're out um, at those prices on Thursday night. So that brings up the three JGR guys, which I know Chris alluded to a couple of times in his, in his race breakdown, his, his preview, that uh, he has a lot of interest here in the uh, you know the three main guys in this paddock. So the 20, the 19, uh, and the 11. Seven and a half for Bell, eight and a half for Truex, nine to one for, for Hamlin. So um, I know they're all rated pretty high in their, in their model. I would expect them to be pretty popular around the industry this week. So how did you go about separating those three guys um, this week? Yeah, honestly, it's it's going to be the theme of the podcast, which would suck if we didn't get any qualifying. But I looked at qualifying, right? Like if we're going to try to separate these guys somehow, then we're going to look at qualifying. Um, so between those three, who is the best at the short flats in qualifying? It was Christopher Bell. But – he was not good at Richmond. So that was the only one, the only two tracks that he was not good at qualifying. He actually ranked 14th in qualifying at those two tracks. So if I flip it and I say, all right, who was, who was good at these tracks last year, but was also good at Richmond. And the answer is Denny Hamlin. He was third in average qualifying at the short flats, but sixth in average qualifying at Richmond. Uh, you pair that with the fact that he's already number one in my model. And I kind of made that proclamation early on this year, maybe the first or second podcast of the year where, if the guy's top my model is is nine or ten to one, like that's almost going to be an automatic bet. Yeah. Um, so you add that onto the fact that his qualifying price is also nine to one, and it was also it was one of the ones that had the most value when I compared qualifying numbers to the to the odds. So I'm in on him on the outright. I'm in on him for qualifying. Um, and when it comes down to the actual race, right? Richmond is a really really good track for Denny Hamlin. It's a home. This is a home race for him. Like this is home field advantage for Denny Hamlin. Number one in driver rating at Richmond over the last five races there. Um, number two in average finish over the last five races there. Uh, if you look last year um, at just the two races last year in the next-gen era, third in driver rating. I mean, there is nothing that speaks badly about Denny's profile at Richmond. Everything about it is, is kind of screaming his name. Um, so, yeah, I, I think – at my initial perspective of what I was going to do coming in the week, I was just going to play maybe one or two long shots, kind of avoid the top of the board. But the more I sat here and looked at it, if I was like, if I'm going to bet Denny to, to win pole, I might as well just bet him to win the outright because he's going to end up being five or six to one if he hits the pole or if he hits, you know, top three in qualifying. So we yep. might as well go ahead and take a stance there. And we still got room in the budget to hit another guy at the top of the board if we need to, whether it be Truex or Bell, if they do show up. Because what we know about Truex, right? When he looks good in practice and qualifying, he's going to be good in the race. So, He's a pretty clear determinant. Christopher Bell, you know, he may not – well, he's actually a pretty good qualifier. But like I said, he doesn't normally qualify well at, at Richmond. So if he qualifies well and you add the practice numbers on top of that, Christopher Bell is going to be atop our, atop our list as well. So, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, pretty simply put, pretty strong on JGR, and I'm, I'm starting the car with Denny Hamlin. So. Yeah, right on. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I figured. I mean, it's it's always great whenever you have that kind of initially and odds come out and your favorite of the three – uh, at least on a Thursday afternoon, is the best price. So we get a Hamlin yep. at a 50-cent discount from Truex and a $1.50 discount from, from Seabell. So 
nine to one, we can go and lock that in. And like you said, still have room in the budget if we do want to go back to the top of the board. All right. So that, yeah. So obviously locked in one guy at the top of the board, which limits our options a little bit, kind of heading down the board, especially if we are still looking on Saturday at a, at a Bell or a Truex or a Harvick or whatnot. So I'm guessing for you, there is a pretty clear tier gap because there is one guy, Kyle Busch, is kind of right there stuck in the middle. He's at 10 to 1. After Kyle Busch, it jumps all the way to 16 to 1 with Logano uh, and then 18 with Bowman, Castain, Blaney, and Reddick. So is it a top six for you? It seems like based on your model, it, it probably would be. Um, those kind of those 200 guys, the three JDR guys, and Horvick are kind of your, your top six. And there's not really, um, again, there's a, a pretty sizable gap between those guys, but. Is there any interest in kind of this middle range of, of kind of 10 to 18 to 1, Bush, Logano, Bowman, Chastain, Blady Reddick? Kyle Bush, yes. I think okay. Kyle Bush, like, he's another guy I'm keeping my eye on. Like, I think that of the six, of the top six of my model, which those are, that's actually are the top six of my model, um, yeah. Kyle Bush is right there on the edge. He's right there on the precipice. And Richmond is a good track for Kyle as well. Like, it's, it's kind of really been kind to him over his career, second average finish. Um, so, and then he had an average finish of third at these short flats last year in the next gen era. So I know he's switching teams in his new car, um, but still, like, I don't think that really is going to matter when we're looking at him as fifth in total speed on the year so far. So, um, yeah, I think Kyle is definitely interesting. Um, I, I don't really envision getting there from an outright perspective, but I think Kyle could definitely make our card in a, in a prop matter, whether it's like a head-to-head matchup or a top five. I could definitely see that being a prop that I end up being on. Yeah. Now, like on Blaney is an interesting case. Um, you know, if I took my normal strategy where I didn't go to the top of the board and I kind of wanted to play the like the early week market game here, then yeah. I would have just I would have just bet these two and called it a day because if they come out here and they practice like they did at Phoenix, right? They're gonna you're gonna get massive EV on these guys. So um, I'm not doing it this week, but. I'm urging people, if you haven't placed any bets yet, like pick one of these two and just bet one of them. And if, if they end up having speed, like they should on these tracks, yeah, you're, you're going to see, you know, so much value in, in betting them early in the week rather than later. Um, yeah. So, I mean, Blaney was number one in average finish and average qualifying at the short flats last year, but he just didn't show it at Phoenix this year. So from what we've seen this year, it's, it's hard. Um, but if I had to pick one of the two, it is Blaney because, I mean, he's got four number ones of all the metrics I'm going. He's got four ones, which is average finish at short uh, short flats, first in average qualifying at short flats, first in total speed at the short tracks, and first in drive rating at Richmond at these two races last year. So um, I think Blaney is, is definitely interesting, but it also could blow up in your face too, right? Because like if we, if, if they ran like they did at Phoenix, then they weren't even like, in the running like they just yeah until the end of the race i guess when you had a shot but they weren't they weren't factors yeah they so. weren't they weren't one of the four or five best cars in the in the field for 99 percent of the, of the day and I, yeah. I do like the fact that i like the fact with penske that i feel like if you do believe in their their speed like you it's kind of even up between the two of them because i think when logano shows speed blaney also shows speed like that's very rare that like one is good and one is like yeah. is lagging behind the other like it's either they both like are dominating saturday or they're both like it's pretty clear they're gonna be like fighting for 10th place uh on yeah. sunday so um yeah I, I do like obviously you know whenever you see 16 18 to 1 next to two superstars names like that it's it's always compelling would i would maybe argue that you know if you are 
if you do believe in Penske, I would almost rather just bet the pole. So they're both 12 to one to win the pole. Um, and I feel like that's, that's a more enticing proposition for me because I don't know, maybe it's just because I'm so scarred about having Blaney so many times and him just like completely screwing it up on Sunday or not even him, but his team or just extenuating circumstances. But I feel like if they do show speed, like they are, they should maybe, they might be the favorite for pole. Like, right. If like, if, if this was like vintage Penske that we saw at the end of 2022, like if maybe if it wasn't for, yeah, if it wasn't for a few bad performances at the, at, at Phoenix, they would be like right there at eight, nine to one to win pole. And I feel like that's a, that's an enticing problem. That's a more enticing proposition to me rather than having to go out there and uh, put together mm-hmm. a win against um, all the guys that we love so much there at the top. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and again, that, that falls to Blaney again. Like, yeah. so I guess what I'm saying here is if, if you're going to bet one of these guys, it should be Blaney. And, and to your point, if you want to bet them for pole, then Blaney is the guy. Now Blaney actually does show value. Um, when it does come to pull odds, like he's, he didn't rate as highly as the other guys did for me. Yeah. Um, but um, he does, he did hit a pole at Richmond last year in this next gen car. Yeah. And then the second race, he was 10. So uh, you're looking at an average qualifying position of, of five and a half. So playing at 12 to one, it is definitely a it's interesting proposition. And if you don't want to go to nine to one on, on Denny Hamlin, then start your car at 12 of Blaney. I don't, I don't mind that whatsoever. Right. And I'm trying to find, because they they showed speed at Phoenix on Saturday, if I recall correctly, right? And they just disappointed on race day. I think you're right. Um, here, that's why I ended up. That's why I ended up. Well, no, I think I bet him early in the week. I didn't bet him post practice, yes. but because he he finished second, but that wasn't his actual. Here we go. No. Yeah, I've got, I've got it now. Sorry. Uh, qualifying. Yeah, so he won the pole. Oh, that's the twenty. Okay, I'm very. I don't obviously have these resources available to me at the uh, drop of the hat. Here we go. Here we go. I've got it now. Um, it was Larson, Hamlin, Byron, Kozlowski, Bell, top five at Phoenix. So Blaney started at eighth. So I don't know what his practice numbers were like, um, but I, yeah, I don't know. Um, it does feel like Blaney is the more dangerous of the two on Saturday. Uh, if they're the same price, I think to your point, I think I'd, I would rather bet the 12 uh, at 12 to one versus his teammate. I feel like Lagan is actually more dangerous on race day. I trust him more. Um, you know, maybe this is just a small sample talking, but I do trust him more. At like, I'd rather pay the two points at sixteen to one to win, to, for, to bet Logano outright. But then, on if I'm betting one of them to win, one of the two of them to win the poll um, on Saturday, I would I would pick Blaney. So if that makes any sense, it does. No, I think I think I think the only counteraction I would make to that is uh, you're right that they typically do practice around the same, but yeah. whenever Logano has it, Logano has it. Whereas, like, whenever sometimes you've seen Blaney top the practice charts, and then race day comes around, it's like something yeah. screws him, right? Pit road or whatever it is. Like yeah. when Logano is top the charts, like he's gonna be he win. a yeah. serious contender. <laughs> right, right. Uh, that's what I'm saying. I'm more so talking about like Blaney is. It feels like Blaney is more dangerous to win pole than he is to win the race. Whereas Logano, oh, yeah, I feel yeah. Like okay, Logano yeah. can overcome. Like maybe not like he can't. He can't like practice. He can't be like one of the worst cars in practice or like a mid tier car in practice but like if he's like a top seven or eight car in practice like he's still dangerous to win the race whereas i feel like blaney kind of needs that speed on saturday yeah. um in order to really compete um and Lagano, i mean he's a two-time championship winner so it's yeah. it, it kind of it, it's tough to compare blaney to to a guy that's gonna go obviously in the hall of fame um has a hall of fame resume by like 28 29 years old right. anyway all right so that's enough of me uh going back and forth there um so 
I guess no interest in like the Bowman's, the Chastain's at 18, the Reddick's at 18, just, just nothing really pop for you in the, in that uh, regard. Not from a race. Well, okay. Hold on. Let me pause for a second. What, what names did you say again? I said Bowman and Chastain and Reddick all 18 to one. Okay. So no, from a race standpoint for any of these guys. Now I actually do have a quarter unit bet on Ross for pull at 18 to one. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like I said, I kind of got some long shots. This is the first of my long shot pull bets. Um, but he qualified second and eighth at the two Richmond races last year. Yeah. Um, so, again, 18 to 1 for uh, a team that seems to have speed, like in and out. Like, I know that they're not, like, always the best practicing qualifying. Like, they typically have their race trim in their cars. But, I mean, this is one of the tracks where he did show some qualifying speed. So, I think it's a little bit worth a little bit of a sprinkle here. Um Bowman, I don't know. I don't know. It's like Bowman, he's, he's got good Richmond numbers. Like he's eighth in average finish. Um, and he's been third in total speed this year in 2023. So like obviously showing, um, I mean, he's our points leader, I'm pretty sure. Now they got their points rescinded. I think he's back to the top of the points. Oh yeah. I completely forgot about that. I, I mentioned points uh, deductions in the Reddick James conversation, but I did, I did actually, now that you bring that up, see that they got that, that point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, those points give him back. Yeah. But yeah, so like to the point, I'm only in on a Ross 18 to one pull ticket, but from a race standpoint, I don't really see myself getting there with any of these guys. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the proper play. I mean, if we're, if we're so in love with, like you said, the top six names, like there's no need to really waste a lot of time in the outright market, at least, um, you know, with, a, with some of the guys that were, it's, it's not like a value race. You know what I mean? It's not like it's the opposite of our super speed approach. Like we're, we're completely happy having two or three names on the card and just kind of hitting the guys that obviously um, are going to be able to separate themselves in the course of 400 miles. Right. All right. So after 18 to one, we uh, again have a bit of a tier gap. Keselowski's still sitting there at 22 to one. Um, so RFK getting a bit of respect there in the sixth car. Uh, Josh Barrett, 33 to one. You talked about Josh Barry maybe on some short tracks going forward. Uh, when I kind of asked you about his overall profile, maybe Richmond's the first time he, can show up at a track that he's comfortable with. I feel like Josh Berry, I think I feel like Richmond's kind of a Josh Berry track just on the outside looking in. Chris Busher, 35 to 1 is a, is a name I expect to be very popular. Finished third here in the uh, fall last year. Uh, Daniel Suarez, 35, Amarola, 40. And then we get into like Bubba's, Briscoe's, Ty Gibbs, Cedric's uh, range after that. So I know you do have a long shot. I would assume it's in this range. I don't think we're betting like Eric Jones is 100 to 1. So I would assume it's like a 35, 40 to 1 long shot. Um, so yeah, just an overall view from 20 to 40. Um, whether it's props, whether it's a, a shot you want to take in the outright market, whether it's a pole bet um, or a guy you want to fade matchups, just open mic night, go ham from 20 to 40 to one. Okay. Um, I'll, start, I'll start with Brad. Um, I do think they are finally giving him some respects in the market. Like RFK clearly is running better this year. Right. Um, so Brad is worth mentioning because um, he actually like ran pretty well. Well, I say pretty well. He had a ninth at Loudon. That was his best performance last year at the short flats. But this year at Phoenix, right. fourth, finished fourth. Um, so uh, clearly they've got something figured out this year for the, for these short flat tracks. Um, and Brad has got a good history at, at Richmond. So, um, you know, I, I wouldn't blame anybody. for. I think 22 is a little, a little rich. I, I would have liked to see like a 25, 30, if he was priced where Busher is, I think I might have been in. Um, now, on the flip side of that, Busher does not have a good Richmond track record. 
Um, and he didn't really show the same speed that, that Brad did on Phoenix this year. So Busher, I'm not really looking at. Um, who else? Do that's why I thought you. That's why. That's why I thought your long shot was to be to be uh, to be transparent. So I'm mean, no, not who are betting. Um. So I guess next is Suarez, right? I don't yes. really know that I have any. I don't really know that I have really like any big takes on Suarez. Um, yeah. Kind of similar. He's he's worse in qualifying than Ross is. Um, yeah, there's really nothing. I guess the only thing that's really highlighting green for him for me is his total speed this year. He's sixth in total speed in 2023. Um, but again, Richmond, his average finish here is, is 22nd. So we're going to gloss over that. Yeah, okay. um, yeah. You don't have to have anything on No, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not going to really talk about Eric Almirola. Short flats, kind of his thing, but not in the next gen era. They weren't really his thing. Um, so even though I was all over him at Phoenix, Richmond is not kind of the same case. So skipping him, Bubba's going to be a fade that we're going to talk about in a minute. Um, so that brings us to the next outright. That's our, Chase Briscoe. Oh, 50 to one. Oh, damn it. I was, he does I was, me who? I thought it was going to be Josh Berry. I already had it clicked. Oh, oh sorry. No, oh, I, yeah, I forgot to talk about Josh Berry. No, I'm actually looking at Josh Berry for next week. I think okay. Martinsville is going to be good for, for Josh Berry. Right. That's kind of what I had said a few weeks ago. I think that more fits his profile than Richmond does. Right. Um, so Martinsville, I think we might be, be clicking Josh Berry or in the week. But yeah, yeah Chase Briscoe is the name we're going at here. Um, so if I if I cross out Chase Elliott, Briscoe is actually 12th in the model this week. Um, last year at these short flats, average finish of sixth of all drivers. And uh, qualifying numbers are good too. Seventh in average qualify at the two Richmond races. Uh, which leads me to obviously, I'm betting him outright at 50 to one. Might as well throw a pole bet in there, right? He's 40 to one to win the pole. So, a quarter unit for him to win pole, 40 to win 10. Um, it seems like a good place to go. So, um, yeah, Briscoe's a guy that that it seems like he's got his tracks that he's like really, really good at. And, um, yeah, this just seems like another one that's that's he showed speed at in this next gen era. Um, mm-hmm. so. 50 to one, like, like I said, I don't know that I really expect him to win, but it just seems like a little bit of a value play to me. It is actually the biggest value. Well, actually, Denny was the biggest value between my model and the um, odds board, but Briscoe's second. Um, so there's my two bets, right? The biggest values between the model and the and the board, odds board. So yeah, Chase Briscoe showed some speed. The really the only track this year that he showed speed at was Phoenix. Yeah. Um, so that's actually the only that. one that he's got top ten. In, yeah. t- in total speed. So I was surprised to go back and see he finished seventh that race. I feel like he's been that was my like main objection was like he's been garbage all year. Like all every time I see Chase Briscoe like in the driver cam, he's sitting like 35th in the race. But apparently he uh apparently he you know finished seventh at Phoenix and your your underlying numbers back back up his performance. So that's yeah obviously enough for me and the only sample we've seen to date of him being um on comparable track this year. So yeah, yeah. finished the seventh there. Uh, obviously, qualifying history at these type of tracks, fifty to one. Yeah, why not throw a little sprinkle on Briscoe there? So he's got a yeah. He qualified fourth last year at one of these, one of these two races. So again, I think it's it's possible. It's not impossible. Yeah. Hey, fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So I guess let me talk about um, Bubba. I guess so. I have two more. I have two more pole bets. And then I've got a two matchups I'm kind of looking at. I haven't quite clicked, but I honestly I, I don't really know how I don't click them. Um, okay. So let me hit the pull bets first because the other two pull bets are long, long, long shots. Okay. Um, but it's again I'm showing value, so I think it's kind of worth it. The first one is a little subjective, right? Because 
the numbers I'm actually looking at are actually for Cole Custer. So I'm really looking at this as kind of like a team aspect. This 41 car, they qualified 7th and 12th here last year. So the team clearly, like this, that 41 team has figured out like the package, right? Now you bring the driver in who's a good short, short track driver. We saw it at the Clash. I mean, ran really, really well at the Clash. 66 to 1 for the pole. I mean, if SHR shows speed and they just copy a little something from what Harvick has, that just seems outrageous. Like it's a, we're showing, I'm showing it's 14th as uh, 14th best qualified these tracks last year and they've gone 21st on the Osborne. So that's a plus seven variance there. Um, so yeah, we're, again, we're throwing just a, like a little teeny sprinkle on that for pole. And then the real big one here, Eric Jones, 100 to 1. Qualified ninth and fifth here last year, like twice in the top 10. Right. And a right. hundred to one. Like I know he's been bad this year. Like I, that ain't no secret. Like he's been very bad. Yeah. Um, like he did. I don't think he, I don't think he advanced out of the first round and, and Phil's Karch madness against Cody Ware and Todd Gillen and the likes of those guys. Right. Um, but if, if there's one track that he showed speed at last year and qualifying, it was Richmond. And so, why not? Even though he hasn't showed this year, it that just seems bonkers when he, I saw that number pop he, up. He, uh, he made, actually made the final group in Phoenix this year in qualifying. He qualified tenth. Yeah, Phoenix again. So, so yeah. it's not. Yeah, I mean, like it, we're very much grasping at straws for things that Eric Jones has done well this year. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, he he outqualified guys like Truex and Harvick and Logano, um, Ty Gibbs, Suarez. You know, a lot of guys that we we see with speed on Saturday pretty often. And, you know, Jones was able to get up there amongst it. So, yeah, um, never going to fight a 101 qualifying bet. And, uh, yeah, that brings us to, what, five guys on the qualifying card, a couple guys yep. outright. Um, so, yeah, so that'll, be, that'll make for hopefully a fun Saturday. I know – I feel like the last time we actually bet qualifying, it got rained out in, uh, at Fontana, right? We haven't really had a full qualifying card since. And we might have another <laughs> another one this weekend. So. I mean, it's yeah, you get your money back if it rains out. So it's no, it's, so it's I've, not. I basically got um, I basically got one point four units dedicated to the five pull bets here. Yep. It's, it's basically it's basically to win ten units on the longer shot guys, and then to win five on on Denny is basically what it comes out to be. So, um, yeah, either way, like if we were to hit one of those, we're yeah times five on our money there. So now yeah. I've got two matchups I'm looking at. Uh, the first one I feel a lot more vindicated than the second, but the first one is Briscoe again. Uh, we're looking at him over Bubba. It's and they've got Briscoe at minus 120 over Bubba at minus 110. Uh, if I'm looking at the model here, I've got Briscoe at 12th and Bubba at 21st. So we're talking about a nine point disparity there. Um, even just looking um, last year, average finish of these short flats, sixth for Briscoe, 19th for Bubba. Um, you know, qualifying Briscoe is going to start better than him. Total speed Briscoe was four points better than uh, Bubba drive rating five points better. Like I, I don't really, I think this should be priced a lot more in Briscoe's favor. And it's not. Yeah. Um, so I know that SHR really, I mean, I know 2011 has shown speed this year and SHR is kind of been questionable, but again, the one track that we've seen Briscoe have speed at was a short flat. And uh, I don't really see that stopping here. Uh, the other matchup, we're going a little bit deeper down the board, and I think I've actually already played this like once or twice this year. But we're, we're picking on we're picking on the forty two car. Yep. What has Noah Gragson showed? <laughs> Nothing this year. He's actually thirty second in total speed. I mean, that's that, that's bad, very bad. Now the flip side of that, who's he up against? 
he's actually um, Gregson's the favorite in this matchup against Stenhouse. Stenhouse has been good this year, like 13th in total speed this year. Now, Richmond is not a good track for either of them. Well, I mean, we haven't really seen it for Gregson in the Cup Series yet, but Richmond has not been good, kind to Stenhouse in the Cup Series. But and last year in total speed metrics was 18th, and he's already showing 13th in total speed this year. You know, win the Daytona 500. I think Danny Hamlin actually talked about this on his podcast too. Win the Daytona 500 is a big deal for any team, especially a team like Stenhouse. The purse for that race alone is a lot more, like, like I think two or three times more than any other race the entire year. So JTG has already got a big bump from Daytona 500. They've been showing speed all year. Um, so I'm looking at Stenhouse's 23rd in the model versus Gregson's 29th. So again, plus six there difference. What has Gregson shown to really even make this a matchup? I don't know. Um, I don't to make him the favorite. I don't know. Um, so I'm willing to be, I'm willing to be wrong on this one, but I just don't see any way this loses. Yeah. And I mean, Stenhouse finished what top 20 in uh, Phoenix this past, uh, this past year. Uh, Grax finished 29th that race. Stenhouse had finished as a 20th and like 25th in Richmond last year, which judging on how Gregson has run, like if Greg finishes top 25, like it's a success at this point for, for, for like some sports. Yeah. Like. Well, to your point, right. So all Stenhouse has to do is finish top 20 and he's been doing that all year. Yeah. So you're basically, so, getting, yeah, you're basically getting like minus, what, what was the actual price on Stenhouse? Minus 105. Minus 105 for Stenhouse to finish like top 20, essentially. I yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, just based on what we've seen from Gregson, obviously he can surprise. He's got talent, but, um yeah not much of a pulse to, to your point in that legacy motorsports camp particularly with that 42 car so all right brother well i don't know um if there's obviously if there's anything else that you have i've got no more questions for you i'll just quickly go over what chris has locked in uh to this point on thursday nights we do have denny hamlin outright at nine to one that's our big, biggest exposure of the week to this point we also have a bit of a sprinkle outright on chase briscoe at 50 to one both of those bet or both of those bets we also have paired with a poll bet hamlin at nine to one to win the poll briscoe at 40 to one to win the poll uh, we have paired those pole bets with the Chastain, Priest, and Jones at 18, 66, and 100 to 1, respectively. And then two matchups Chris are looking at early in the week will be Briscoe over um, Bubba, Wallace, uh, Bubba Wallace and uh, Stenhouse over Gragson there. So, uh, yeah, pretty full card already, but obviously Saturday will change a lot of things. Um, and Chris will have the full card out uh, for all of y'all Saturday night, Sunday morning. So, um, yeah, man, going for three in a row. Big week. You feel like I feel like you've got a pretty good grasp on Richmond. Uh, you know, like I said, we came close twice here last year. So uh, feeling as optimistic as we've ever felt. I feel like we're, we're kind of coming with some pretty good vibes here. So let's uh, give us another one, and I'll let you kind of close out. Um, yeah, the, the episode here for the Toyota Owners Four Hundred. Yeah, so I'm I'm feeling good in the sense of like I think I've I feel vindicated for where we are in this early in the week, but like I still need some clarity among the top. But really, that's it. Like, I, I don't see anybody outside of those top six in the model really surprising me. So from right. that vindication, yeah, I do feel pretty vindicated. Um, but again, if qualifying gets qualified on Saturday or qualifying practice gets canceled on Saturday, it's going to be a little bit more from the hip. Um, yeah. We won't really see any odds drops or anything. So we'll have to get a little. Well, let me just say this. I guess let me just preface. If qualifying and practice are canceled. I think my biggest lean is going to be either Bell or Truex. We'll probably just go fully in on, on JGR. Um, yeah. I, I just can't see myself spending up on Harvick at 6-1. to one. Yeah. Um, you just don't see that so much separation. It feels like it feels like everyone's pretty close from like yeah. the four to the to the JGR guys. Like I feel like you have – you don't really have one that you're like way, way higher on than, than everyone else. 
Um, so if, you know, if we don't get any further data between now and Sunday, we'll just kind of take, you know, we'll kind of take the lesser priced of, of the, of the guys available. Right. Yeah. To your point, like when my model is kind of summing everything up and averaging on all that stuff all the way across and then doing my times 0.6 and all that stuff that I have kind of in here, um, it comes out to Denny at 5.8, Harvick at 5.9, Truex at six, Bell at 6.1. And there's a little drop off to Byron 6.7 and 7.3 to Kyle Busch. So to your point, those top four guys are separated by 0.3 decimal points in my, in the model here. So it's pretty close. Um, but yeah, that's where we stand. So Denny Hamlin's already locked in. Briscoe's locked in. And then one of probably, you know, Harvick, Truex, Bell, or Kyle Busch will be coming probably Sunday morning. So that's, that's probably where we'll stand, but yeah, excited to, to potentially have three in a row here. Um, Maybe have a look at a at a podcast double. We've gotten so close so many times. Um, that'd be cool if we went three in a row and a podcast double. I haven't done either of those. We do them the same weekend. It'd be pretty fun. So. Um, so yeah. Anyways, we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, be sure to you know check out all the content out there. You know the guys we always support. Betting preview show with Derek Yoder and all the guys. Full Tank Phil show. Lane Coin, Rory, and, and Mark. You know they'll be recording probably last night. Um, yeah. Backroad, Seth, and Elliot from last week. All great shows, so be sure to check out all the content and, and hear what they have to say as well. But from, from us at Flag Hunting, we're signing off for the weekend. We'll talk to you guys next week. Yeah, man. And one one more thing. I'm, I am sorry that we weren't able to, to produce a golf show this past week. But, uh, yeah, just extenuating circumstances, extenuating circumstances for both me and Chris. But don't worry. Obviously, Valero, a bit of a, an hors d'oeuvre for what the main event is here uh, in just a few days' time. So we will be. I will be up and at it for, for Augusta. I'm going to have plenty of contact out for Rotoballer. I've got an exciting show already planned for, for next, uh, next Tuesday. So stay tuned for that. We are, <laughs> we're not an NASCAR only podcast, despite the fact that we only seem to be hitting winners on the track. We're going to try to get it back in golf. Um, and you guys have the dirt race next week as well. So exciting times. I think in both of our sports. Um, yeah, I think I, I think I misspoke earlier. I think I said Martinsville, but you're right. It is Bristol dirt next week. Yeah, I just looked it up, but Martinsville's the week after. So we kind of have a, like a nice little three way stretch here of, uh, of kind of short tracks. Obviously the, the dirt race is a whole new animal entirely, but um yeah masters in the dirt race that's about as good of a content week as you can ask for in our two separate sports so excited for that but hopefully we can go in to each of those races and events uh with uh with some extra money in our pockets so all right boys that's all we got have a good week yeah see you guys